And hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Observe and Report. I'm one of your hosts, Jason Simmons, and across from me, as always, Jack Smith. Hello. And this is Observe and Report. For any of you new listeners out there, this is a show where we watch things and we tell you how we feel about them. And we're just getting back from Christmas break. Yeah. I miss you, buddy. I miss you, too. And you know what that means? We watched a bunch of stuff. Oh, Jason. A plethora of stuff. A heaping Scooby-Doo and Shaggy amount of stuff. Scooby-Doo and Shaggy? Like a big sandwich that they make. That's what we watched. Like a big sandwich of stuff. I missed that part of that reference. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying that reference. So, you know, a little embarrassed just to start off. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Staying humble. I like it. (laughs) But... Uh, we watch a lot. I feel like you might have watched more than me. Uh, I think I probably <laughs> did, Jason. <laughs> but I'll, I'm sure we have a lot of overlap. I hope so. Um, Although, I mean, I've watched some real random shit, too. So, <laughs> <you know. laughs> well, I'll, I'll ask you this just overall. Do you feel like you watch a bunch of good stuff? Um, Great question. Or at least stuff that you enjoyed. Good I, is, is I, relative. Uh, is you know what? Yes, I did. Because not all of it was new. Half mm-hmm. of it was old. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? There is nothing that I really, like, hated. Same here. There's nothing that I was like, oh, my God, why am I watching this yeah. crap? There's value in almost anything that I watched. That's not always the case at all. No. <laughs> Same. Um, but, yeah, let's get into it. I'll, I'll have you start off. So I feel like you've got a lot to say. This episode. Oh, do I? Okay. Let's jump into it. Okay. Did you watch Tenet? I did not watch Tenet. God damn it, Jesus. I didn't see it. I thought about watching it oh. um, on break, but I was like, eh, Bill and Ted. <laughs> um, but how did you feel about Tenet? There's a lot, a, lot of, a lot of thoughts out there on the internet right now. So, it's a two and a half hour movie that Zen and I... took about four hours to watch over the course of two days. Christopher Nolan won't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Because we had to keep stopping to be like... You had to go back in time, you see. Almost. (laughs) Felt like it. Felt like we were going backwards watching this guy. Um, uh, To make sure that we were following it properly, which we were, but like the pacing at the beginning there it's like exposition and we're jumping around to all these different people trying to figure out what's going on mm-hmm. and then the rules that they set up i don't think they quite follow hmm. which is frustrating it's i didn't realize because i tried not to watch too many trailers for it um i probably watched like half of one and i think there really only was one definitive trailer for it maybe so I didn't realize it was a time travel movie, and we both know I'm not a fan of time travel. I know you're not a fan because there are rules, and they time travel is tricky Mm -hmm. with the rules. It's very bendy sometimes. Like, why do they bend it with this one, Mm. Jason? Um, So I don't want to say too much. I liked all the performances. Okay, John David Washington. Oh, he's so handsome. (laughs) Between him and Robert Pattinson, it was a feast for the eyes. They're very different as far as looks, but they are both handsome dudes. They're both perfection, Jason. (laughs) My only, I mean, my biggest issue is that they were never shirtless. (laughs) They were always clothed. People usually aren't popping shirts off in Nolan movies, except for Bane. That was about it. It's a mistake. <laughs> I will write to him. Um, so, also, question: Yes, was there a woman in this movie at there all? There was. Okay, just one. Uh, uh, do you remember that Tom Hiddleston, Hugh Laurie spy? 
show. It was like a limited series. I I know what you're talking about. I I don't know the name of it. There's a tall blonde lady in there, and she's in this one. And mm-hmm. like, <sighs> her role is big, but also they don't give her that much to do. To be honest, um, she's kind of annoying. <laughs> okay. So. I, I always have to ask a question about women in, in Christopher Nolan movies because it's like sometimes they're just there for set dressing. Like they just he and his and his people generally don't write very deep women characters. Yeah, no, there's no character development in this. It's not necessarily oh. a movie that you would expect it mm-hmm. from. So that's fine. But also like a lot of the dialogue is dumb. And like literally when they're trying to explain the time travel thing in the beginning, one character says, don't try to understand it to John David Washington. And Mm -hmm. I was like, then why the fuck are we here? And then they continue to try to explain it for the rest of the movie. You're like, what? Do you feel the movie was a metaphorical for something, which uh, all of like Nolan's non Batman stuff Mm. kind of sometimes like has an overall metaphor to it. Like, like inceptions about like, Kind of, if you look at it thematically, it's like about making a movie, and oh, like, okay. is Tenet about? Do you feel like it's anything like like that? I probably missed it, it because I was too busy <laughs> trying to figure out what the fuck what the was, was going on and what the rules were. <laughs> this is definitely a movie where once it's free, I will rewatch it because a I'm the type of person who, if it's a semi complicated movie, I need to see it twice. Like, either if it's complicated or if it's like a Star Wars thing where you're just trying to take everything There's in. There's a lot of characters, a lot of places. We're moving, we're going. Mm-hmm. Like, I, as I've gotten older, like, I use the first viewing to just kind of take in everything. And then the second, and like, there's so much being thrown at you. So the second viewing, I already know what's going to happen. So I can kind of just sit back and relax and enjoy it a little bit mm-hmm. more and kind of see it more for what it is. Um, so I definitely need to do that with this film. It's very gray and pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, the acting is solid. I really liked Robert Pattinson in it. Um, but there were just too many, like, I feel like, like technical and writing things that I did not like. Okay. Like, it felt like he was trying to be Aaron Sorkin. Really? Be- That's such an interesting comparison. It was, it was at the very beginning... I don't know, the first hour or something. Like, a lot of walk and talks. It's all walk and talks. <laughs> and it's fast. And like, we're going and we're keep jumping. Keep up, newbie. All right, geez. Yeah, and it's like really off-putting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all exposition. So you're Interesting. Just like, 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 can I heard, we get to the movie, please? Like, I heard the opposite. Like, what? In the sense that like it, it, they didn't do a good job at the exposition and like world they didn't, building. I'll tell you. They didn't do a good job with it, but that's just what it is. Okay. It's still confusing. But it's it's exposition, but it's still confusing, and it jumps around, and then finally, the second half slash third last third of the movie is when things finally, you can finally kind of understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't hate it, but I was I did find it frustrating. What's that? Oh, you find it quite frustrating. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe like, I'll feel differently when I watch it again. Like, I'm, and your review isn't that different than many other reviews that I've heard of it, where it's just, where it's not a bad movie. No one's saying it's a bad movie, but like, it's, it's not just, great either. it's hard to follow. And unlike Conception, 
where Inception, like for the first I hour, Inception. like the first 45 minutes or to an hour of that movie, they're giving you terms and world building. And like, this is what a kick means. Like, this is how time works. Like, you know, this is how this process works. Although we're not really telling you how the process works. Like, but it's easy enough to figure it it's out. It's easy enough to figure it out. I yeah. appreciate when a director assumes that the audience is smart and can follow along. Mm-hmm. This felt like Chris Nolan just jerking himself off a little oh, bit and okay. being like, "I look at me go," <laughs> just like Chris. <laughs> Let's pump the brakes a little bit. It still needs to make sense. Okay. So I will be interested to know your feelings when you see it. I'm curious. I mean, it feels like Christopher Nolan had the most feelings about this movie oh and its distribution God. and like how people are absorbing it. Like, hey man, guess what? A pandemic hit. Let it go. Your movie doesn't matter. Chalk it up as an L, man. (laughs) It's not like you won't be allowed to make movies anymore. Right. And it's not like you even lost. This movie made $305,000 worldwide. You know how impressive that is in a pandemic? $305 million? Oh, sorry. $305 million. (laughs) Uh, My apologies. Uh, Not $305,000. That'd be a monumental failure. That was one week of catering for that film. Oh god, that was just a budget for his for his waistcoats, for his, for his sweater vests. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm sorry. Yeah, thirty five million. Yeah. That's a really impressive number, depending on, you know, the world. Yeah. Um I'm I'm still very curious to see it. I'm glad that it's at a rentable price of like five bucks as opposed to like, you know, the way that things have been released in the pandemic times of like twenty one dollars to watch this movie was fucking thirty dollars. Calm down, everybody. And you already had to have a Disney Plus subscription. I like, believe it's free fuck, now, right? It's uh, on Disney Plus, maybe. But I don't know. I remember at the start they said like on Christmas this will be you know uh, free for regular Disney Plus subscribers. But I don't know. I heard no one talk about that. Yeah, no, because everyone's so sure like, fuck through. you, I'm not playing paying $30 <laughs> when I already have a subscription to your dumb shit. Yeah, I think everyone was like, ah, I'll wait for Soul. I'll just watch Soul yeah. <laughs> on Christmas that Day. That was one of the few things I did not get to. Oh, yeah, I guess it, Mulan is free. Well, can't wait to be disappointed by that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What else have you got? Um, For me... I will talk about the Mandalorian season finale. Let's do it. Um, I have not been so vocal at a season finale, or I've not been so vocal at any visual media in all of 2020. <laughs> I was there in my 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 couch, uh, fist pumping and just like <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> For the whole season? No, at or the, for the at end. the at the end. I was I was saying things like, no, they didn't. They didn't do that. They didn't do that. <laughs> I was like, oh y- y- yeah. Big I, spoiler alerts coming up for the Mandalorian. So yeah, big big spoiler alerts uh, for the end of Mandalorian. Uh, if you haven't uh, seen it, skip ahead like I don't know, maybe eight minutes. We're probably gonna talk about it for a while. <laughs> um, yeah, I I loved it. Um, to to from for every bit of that season's finale was fantastic. From them getting on the ship to uh, the the fight scenes that occurred, to the enemies they had to face, to the fact that like you don't even realize like oh 
this team is just like four women like fucking shit up and like no one recognizes that until like you're about 10 minutes into like them fucking shit up women do <laughs> i was thrilled i was like wait these are just these are just all the ladies just badass ladies yeah <laughs> um i loved the fight scene between uh mandalorian uh, Jin uh versus uh what's his face uh moff moff gideon yes and also his fight versus the uh the, the, the death troopers it was terrifying. It was they were fighting in Terminators. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was very Terminatory. It was yes, it was a Terminator fight in Star Wars. It was like very cool. Like these are images that are going to burn into my mind forever. A robot on fire, a robot skeleton on fire, terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little haunt your dreams forever. Um, but then of course, like the big spoiler at the end, like oh cool, Luke Skywalker's here. And like that fight looked so fucking cool like it just it looked so cool and like i felt confident afterwards for no reason (laughs) i didn't fight but like whoever did the actual like stunt fighting choreography like Mm -hmm. they were so smooth yeah it was almost like a dance like it was just it was like beautiful to watch yes (laughs) and although you're watching like on screens like you know throughout and then when you actually get to him being there in the room it's like yeah oh it was great it was cool you're right like the movement of it was very cool it's like this thing has a lot of weight to it but he's moving it so gracefully and easily yeah like um the the facial digitization of mark hamill's face he looked handsome looked great like yeah this like this looks correct um the i don't know if they did voice modulation or if that's just mark hamill speaking Hmm. he is a a very accomplished voice actor so i'm sure that he could do a version of himself at like 35 pretty yeah, easily maybe, I, I guess do guys voices get lower as they get older they certainly get scratchier for sure yeah yeah because yeah. uh, i feel like he has yeah kind of a scratchy voice so maybe yeah he just like pitched down or something like mm-hmm. that um but yeah fantastic work by him and i just love the way they built up to that because you even i wasn't the build sure up was great yeah it's like okay that's an x-wing i'm not a lot of people that fly x-wings but i i thought for a second i thought it was the uh the the pilot that he had met earlier in the season um the uh the guy he met on the on the of the frost planet who saved him and then he goes to talk oh, to Cara yes, Dune. yes yes and i was like oh maybe it's him and then like you see someone in a cloak step out like i don't know one dude that wears that kind of cloak but it couldn't be him they wouldn't do that with yeah, him yeah i was like oh is it ahsoka but like no she told him to go off with grogu so mm-hmm. like no it wouldn't be her yeah, I was just excited. Yeah, it was. It was. It, very... I was excited just to see the X wing. I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> something got happened." And then something happened, but it was great. And for me, it was like, "This is my favorite character in all of this." And like, it's very cool that he's here, and it's very cool that he's like not an old angry man. Yeah, and like, it's not that characterization. He of seemed him. Uh, hopeful. Yeah, and like ready to ready to play and competent yes but confident had the confidence of someone with experience but without yeah. being jaded yeah it's like oh sweet spot. there was three movies that he like is the star of it's like you fucked up a lot of things <laughs> you lost a lot <laughs> like you didn't even really win the last fight but yeah. it's very cool to see you now as an adult man just like very confident who he is and what he's doing yeah like this is nice to see and I appreciate that in this world of Star Wars, not everybody knows who everyone is. Mm. It's like, oh, you're a dude with a lightsaber. Who are you? It's yeah. not like who the fuck are you. <laughs> it's not like he's. I some, mean, like thanks, but also who yeah. are you? Yeah, I appreciate that people aren't like galaxy wide celebrities yeah. or like 
the galaxy is big enough where it's like not everybody knows everyone. Like your story didn't hear hit my ears. Right. Like Cara Dune, who's like you know in the the New Republic army, like oh the Rebel army, she doesn't know who that is. Like and he's like a war hero, so that's kind of cool. I like that. Same, same, same. But yeah, that was those are my feelings on the Mandalorian. Um and the I was super stoked at first. I didn't realize there was a post credit scene oh and then my friend john was like what do you think about that and i was like hold please (laughs) (laughs) go back and turn it on and like and i was stoked like just seeing i love that pair they're super fun um and just excited to see an asian woman being a badass in a thing she's super fucking cool like she, isn't she like in her 50s she's or like 55 like, get out she looks of here. amazing she looks incredible she's the original mulan oh my oh yeah i <laughs> loved her so much um and so like and sometimes with a lot of stuff these days you see them kind of force a spinoff just for a money grab but like mm-hmm. oh yeah no these people are awesome and i do want to see what happens it feels natural yeah. like it, it felt like a natural progression of like this character's journey like yeah he's technically just back from the dead he's got some scores to sell mm-hmm. he's got this awesome partner mm-hmm. together they're fucking awesome yeah and i love that she's able to move so seamlessly and effortlessly through like all parts of disney I know, like right? she's been a disney princess she's been in the marvel universe that's and right she is now in star wars she's killing it. like ming Wen, like she's awesome mm-hmm. <laughs> And she looks the same age as when she did move on. (laughs) Perpetually 30. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah. And they've done such a great job world building and telling that story with Mandalorian that I'm confident that they'll do a good job with whatever else they do. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm stoked. Yeah, they have have a lot of good credit after they were really... uh, They spent all their credit last year. (laughs) Um. Though I did cry when uh, Grogu and Mando got separated. Oh yeah, that was super sad. Aww. Like I loved. Yeah, I was very emotional. I was. I was. I was certainly tearing up through the whole damn thing. <gasps> the cold heart of Jason Simmons. <laughs> and I don't really like tear up at Star Wars. Anymore. No, don't, you don't. Like, you don't tear up at much. Like well, I'm Star Wars. Things like okay, whatever. That's cool. But this was like, holy shit! Like I'm really feeling real things for like this this father son duo. Like, it was really sweet to see them together and to see them like you know just they can't be together anymore Aww. but it was kind of nice that it's like this isn't the the grogu and mando show this is the mando show yeah like he has other things to do and other places to be i'm sure he'll they'll meet again oh 100 <laughs> and i appreciate that he took off his helmet yeah looking so handsome and i couldn't believe he took off his helmet uh for the episode before or whatever oh with yeah Bill that Burr. was so tense that episode. i was like oh yeah oh my butt was clenched half that episode that was such an interesting like depiction of like the empire and like yeah it was so interesting oh, oh yeah and how he was just like in a like working kind of as a prisoner yeah for the empire yeah and like when you like the the tables have turned and it's like the empire is now like you know on the run and like they're the rebels basically yeah. and like they're celebrating the small victory of like oh my god one transport made it back yes <laughs> we're all loser. getting drunk tonight <laughs> <laughs> yeah and just a really good dramatic performance by like 
uh, Pedro Pascal mm, and yeah. Bill Burr. Like, who would think these two would have amazing chemistry together? They really did. It was really great. Look at all these buds. And I'm sure, I feel like we're going to see Bill Burr again. Oh, I'm sure. I think, like, he has weirdly ensconced himself in the Star Wars universe. And he's, he's done a great job. He really like, has. Like, for something I'm sure he, he overall, he, he could care less about. Like, he's doing an amazing job. Well, so much of it's green screen, so he's acting. It's also, not easy to do. Like, like that's really not easy to do. He's yeah. way more chemistry with him than, than Pete Davidson in <laughs> the King's oh, Island. Oh, no. <laughs> but it's not Bill Burr's fault, again, in that situation. <laughs> but, yeah, it was great. It was a super awesome season. <laughs> Um, what else? What else have you been dipping into? Um, what do we want to talk about next? So many things. Um, I did watch. Okay, so I watched this movie called Triple Nine. Okay, it's on Netflix. Go on. Did you watch it? No, I've seen that title one thousand times, but I've never clicked on it. My first note just says, "Oh boy." but i have something to counter this but go on so it is a stacked cast for an aimless movie (laughs) that is my second note listen to this cast casey affleck she would tell who looked really good um kate winslet whoa anthony mackie norman reedus aaron paul woody harrelson gal gadot clifton collins oh my god michael k williams it should be amazing. I am stunned by that cast Right, alone. Jason? These people clearly banded together, committed some kind of, sort of heinous act, and then had to be in this movie. <laughs> so this is a movie 43 this situation. This is a blackmail film. Oh, God. There's a lot of favors being owed in oh, this one movie. Jason. <laughs> um, so uh, a bunch of... It's like such a well-trodden territory. Like, a bunch of cops actually like are robbers. Okay. She would tell Edgy Force to make character him, a couple other guys, some of whom are cops. Um, they like rob this bank, and he's actually working for the Russian mob headed oh, by Kate Winslet as like Wait. Euro trash. Alright, I'm curious about that. She looked good though, I gotta say. She looked <laughs> okay, good. She all looking good. I don't know. Um I like or like the guy who's in charge of it is like in prison in Russia or whatever, so Kate Winslet is in Like the go between his envoy basically. Yeah. You know, the Russian mob in Atlanta, Jason. Wait, what mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um does Shutel have an American accent or is he using a British accent? Oh, I forgot he was British. No, you use an American accent. Okay. I mean he does have a good American accent. I forgot he was even British. Um, Aaron's Paul hair is horrifying in this. Um, That's usually the case. Like it was such an it was an unoriginal plot that was not done particularly well. Casey Affleck is partnered up with I think she would tell Edu for, um, and he's like a you know a normal I guess. Not a corrupt cop. Um, and he's like, oh, we got to figure out who's doing these robberies. So, of course, they set him up. And like, <sighs> it's just, 
it didn't look bad. It didn't look good. And it was just, it was a joyless film. Like, oh, God. There was just, there was nothing new. Like, nothing was particularly bad, but also nothing was good. I don't think a sper- one person smiled the whole time. <laughs> um, when you're, you know, in debt to, like, well, <laughs> whoever made this. There's a group of these guys who are doing these ties together, but they don't even seem to like each other. Like, from the get-go, they seem to really... All at odds with each other. Yeah, so I'm just like, are you guys even friends? Why are you doing this? Um, so, I would not recommend it. Mm. Like, looking at the director, like, uh, he's he's made some things that are good, like The Road, you know? Oh, wow. The Road um, was great. But then he's made things that are straight-up mediocre, like uh, Lawless, you know? Um, so... This was just mediocre. Mm. It was just what it was. This sounds like something you'd find in like the bargain bin at Walmart. One hundred percent. That is exactly what it is. Like, it is a three ninety nine DVD. And also the name like means not. What does the name mean? Triple nine. Nothing. I oh, assume. Yeah. No. It does. Um, it's when a cop has been shot. Okay. Officer down because mm. they were going to use that as an excuse for something else to okay. do something else. Um, like if this officer is injured, it's a distraction for us to do yes. something else in this yes. city. Like I don't know. I, this this is a this is a movie that goes straight to Netflix. Like yep. this is a movie that like and it, not in a good way. Like no, that that means something different now. But like this is something that comes to, like to early Netflix it streaming. Was, uh, a lot of these actors did not deserve this. And in like 2016, like none of these actors were not who they are now. They they, they they're still yeah. huge commodities at that time. Yeah. So like Woody know. Harrelson's in this. Like every Kate Winslet, she was at you for like Gal Gadot, Michael Kate. Like why are you all guys of these in this? are people that lead their own movies? Like you don't need these people to support each other. <laughs> yeah. For some mediocre action movie and Michael K. Sad. Williams character may be problematic I'm looking at an image and I can understand why yep and <laughs> viewer figure it out for yourself <laughs> or you, don't you can, or it's not. not it's not worth this, it it doesn't sound worth your time He, you deserve better he deserved better <laughs> uh, it is what it is so yep that was that okay I did I I didn't hate it it was just blah Ugh. yeah um, I guess to continue on the Gal Gadot train. Oh, here we go. Uh, getting into it early, I guess. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Just another waste of talent. I didn't mind it that much. I liked it a little bit. <laughs> That's okay. And I know that I'm probably wrong for this. <laughs> but I was like, it wasn't that bad, but it has its problems. It definitely has its problems. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not a perfect movie in any way, shape, or form. Um, but I'll say this, and I, I'm repeating something I heard um, that was very an interesting take on Gal Gadot, mm. uh, and that she has the same kind of she gives the same vibes and energy as like an Arnold Schwarzenegger in the sense that these are two amazing physical specimens, mm. like they're they they speak with heavily accented English. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not the best actors in the world, mm-hmm. however, they're amazingly magnetic. They are. She is. Something about her is so like 
Yeah, it's my. It's charming. Like I it's like approachable. Yeah, like I can talk to this very person. Warm. Yes, and I like she. She did a great job with the role. Like, yeah. she sold the first Wonder Wonder movie. Like, I was just like, yay, ladies. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. I mean, it helps that she's fucking gorgeous. Um, but, yeah, I have, I had no issue with anybody's performance. Right. If anything, Pedro Pascal acted his ass off. He really did. Oh, my God. And he really did that character justice. Like, that right. character in, in the comic books is like a huckster, mm. liar cheat like i'm gonna make profit off of superheroes that kind of character and he did a great job of like being that 80s jerk and he had to have he had to be very intense for so much of it yeah like it seemed like it just took so much energy but it's weird that so much of the movie focused on him in a movie called wonder woman 1984 (laughs) and am i crazy i just i didn't quite know what he wanted you're you're right Like, like i was just like what is the and go like obviously you want you know money and some power but like i I, i'm not quite sure you could get it very easily Mm -hmm. and yet you keep going for more like i don't know what your end goal is it just seemed that he wanted more 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 greed was his ultimate goal but like yeah they didn't give a good enough reason as to why he's that way and so like i watched some other things and i have so much of these movies when there's kind of like a superhero type person so much of that hinges on the bad guy and that person's motivation and for me the bad guy was great he Pedro Pascal was great the look of it was great Mm -hmm. I just didn't know what this guy wanted and so it's hard to like you want to kind of root against him and Mm -hmm. stuff but I'm just like I don't know what your deal is bro yeah like I I feel sympathy for you like because it's obviously destroying you yeah and like you are the total 180 of like the dad that you were in Mandalorian. <laughs> um, but like, there's something about about it. There's something about the the movie and the character where it's just like I don't know what this character's aims are. Yeah. Um, and the magic nature of like the oh, plot boy. device and of I this think, MacGuffin. Yeah. If if the rest of it was done better. I can deal with that. Mm-hmm. But because there are some other wonky things, I was just like, oh boy. Like, yeah. Like the logic of that. What was it that, called again? A wish stone? They never, I don't know. No, there's a name for it. Oh, I, I, I didn't retain <laughs> that. I don't think it's an artifact from comics. I think it's something that just made specifically for the movie. Gotcha. But, uh, you know, the nature of it being, it's a monkey's paw situation. You wish for and one thing. And they even thing. call it that. Like, yeah. why are you calling it this other thing? Like, why call, Why not just have a have a have a monkey's paw (laughs) (laughs) ultimately it's a thing where you wish on it and it takes something from you oh the citrine the citrine that's what it was called sure uh so the latrine uh (laughs) he becomes (laughs) um no like and yeah he he it's it i think there are cool things about it where he wants to become the the plot device basically mm-hmm. and like yeah okay. it's interesting and unique and like okay like that's different for sure um yeah and but the other villain villain b villain 1a that's kind of the other issue is like why are you giving me two villains like and I, you're not you're not like okay so Kristen wig 
she had a great performance. Yeah, I liked her a lot. Great. I loved how you saw like her outfits change as she got more evil. Yeah. But they did her dirty when they made her into a cheetah. <laughs> Zen said it perfectly. She was like, she looks like she should be in cats. Like, it's so fucked up. Like, mm. it looks terrible. Hmm. And I disliked it. Like, I didn't mind her being, because that's, for me, I was like, I can't wait until she becomes a cheetah. <laughs> like, I was looking forward to that transformation happening. I just, I did not like the CGI look of it. That's fair. Like That, that was it. Um, but someone pointed out uh, the the armor that Wonder Woman wears. Like, how good is this armor if this lady's just tearing it up? Yo, this cheetah lady <laughs> just fucking destroyed it. Like, this armor was supposedly, like protected a woman against the world against the 300 it stopped gerard butler dead in his tracks and yet <laughs> uh, this one cheetah where i'm not like i guess her claws like you couldn't beat that like and also like based on your posters and the trailer and stuff that looks like it was gonna play a major role in turning the tides with this. Right. And she wore it for three seconds and then it was done. Like if, was if the like, armor what? was a replacement for her powers that she was losing throughout That's the movie. That's what I thought it was going to be. And that had been cool. Like, That'd okay, I can fight you equally. Yes. Like I have my thousands of years of warrior skills. Mm-hmm. Plus this armor, we're back on even footing. Yeah. That would have been awesome. But it didn't do much other than look cool. Nope. <laughs> it guess. was shiny for three minutes and that was it. Like I yeah I mean I love that armor from the comics I love seeing it and like on the screen I'm like it looked awesome. beautiful yeah um and that's the thing this movie is very pretty yeah. <laughs> um however I didn't really care for the fight scenes all that much me neither like they weren't they didn't do anything to blow me away Same. um and uh, which is a, a sad comparison to the first movie where it's like these fight scenes are awesome they were fun like Harrogate in No Man's Land oh like, god that was great this is like ten minutes of fight which are so cool to look at. And I don't think anything in this really compared to that. I agree. Like, um, there were some odd things of, like, the rope swinging into, like, things. Oh, well, when she gets... <laughs> so, her whip is only so long. Yeah. Say it's, like, at mo- I think the length varies depending on what they need. Mm-hmm. But at one point, she jumps into the air to try to grab an airplane with the whip. Mm-hmm. And, like, this... Airplane is hundreds of feet in the air. <laughs> Your whip is not going to catch it. It's like 20 feet long. What are you doing? They, they did weird things with the powers, like where it's just like, okay, she can make things invisible. How? She just can. Shut up. Uh, all right. I guess I will. Shut the fuck up and watch this movie. <laughs> like, like, I wish they did something... Um, where in which the movie starts off with her as a kid mm-hmm. in this race, this foot race, yes. um, and she cheats to yes. win essentially. Which I thought it was pretty clever, but like, okay. But why couldn't that lesson play back into the movie in any way, shape, or form? Not a, yeah, it didn't at all for anyone. Nope. <laughs> I guess it does kind of for the villain and for the villains, sort of. But like, not really. At the end of the day, they kind of walk scot free, like. Nothing it ends happens. with Pedro Pascal just hugging his son. Yeah. You don't see any real repercussions for him. Like, and I was just like, what was the point of everything we just watched? I guess Kristen Wiig gets her job back. and like, Yeah, Kristen Wiig transforms back into a normal person. And then she's just kind of like, eh. That's an awkward Monday at the office with her and Diana is all I got to say. Like, what? <laughs> um, it just, uh, I don't. 
But um, th- that aside, Chris Pine was oh so handsome, fantastic. Like again, he's always very charming and funny. Yeah, like he added a lot of humor to the movie that was really good. Um, I again the way they have him in the movie is so weird. Like he's Chris Pine, but to everyone else he doesn't look like Chris Pine. He looks like some other dark haired lamo. And when Zen and I were watching it. Clearly, I just spent my time watching movies with Zen. Because <laughs> that's what I do anyways. But we were watching it, and I was, we were just like, oh, he's in another guy's body? Like, she has slept with him. That is a gross violation. Yeah. Did Wonder Woman just rape a guy? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she did. Like, did... While you were making this... That guy this, has no choice in this. Like, did he, you not think about that? I guess you're, they're thinking that you aren't because it looks like Chris Pine and it's all cool. It's all no, good. Like, Chris no. Pine, you stole that man's body. <laughs> what if she gets pregnant and that's his child? Yeah. It's a lot of questions to answer here. This movie is not going to spend the time if it to. Was, if it was the opposite and it was a woman, people would lose their minds. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. Understandably so. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Yep. I was just, I was disappointed because, is it Patty Jenkins? Patty Jenkins, yeah. Like, Patty, you gotta be more thoughtful about this, lady. Like, and it, it's unfair because I want more women to be able to write and direct things. Mm-hmm. And so it shouldn't, you know, whenever women do something, it's like if it fails or it's not good, it's because they're women. And so I just, I need her to be better <laughs> so that more women can do things. It's hard because Ugh. it's one of those things where it's like, if you fail at this, then no one gets a chance for five yeah. years. Yeah and which but she didn't she didn't fail like the movie still made money still made money in theaters and like it jacked up hbo uh macio max subscriptions Mm. um and you know they're making wonder woman 3 like they weren't going to do that anyway right right right. (laughs) um but i just this felt just weird and divergent it felt a little forced yeah, they didn't, it didn't tie that much into the first one. No. And it doesn't pave the, the road for, like, a third one, kind of. Like, these are all movies that just kind of stand on their own a little bit. And quite frankly, like, it was... It's 40-some-odd years later. So like, Oh, longer than 70-some-odd years later. Because the first one happens in 19... Like, in, oh, in World God, War One. yes, yes, yes. Um, so, like... You can just have Chris Pine come back in his own body. Like, there's no reason for him to have to have someone else's this body. Weird magic, like transference. So, like, and I wish they just hadn't showed it during the trailer. Like, it would have been a really cool, fun thing. While to be watching the movie, and all of a sudden he comes back. Like, it's a magic wishing stone. Why not just have it wish him back to life? It doesn't. Like, That's it. And nothing matters. Like, why'd you have to have this weird? He could have just woken up in someone else's bed. It didn't have to wake up. And be that person. Yeah. That's super weird. Like, is that a descendant of his? Like, what's happening here? Uh, yeah. I'm not 100% It'd sure. It'd be weird if she slept with his son. Like his, yeah, his grandson, basically. Oh, yeah. Um. So, it, it was... Uh, but know. that aside, there were moments that I really liked. I liked, uh, you know, those two being together, uh, Pine and mm. Godot. Like, just, like, kind of walking and hanging out. Like, you know, seeing, like, the uh, Air and Space Museum and, like, him, like, losing his mind. Like, oh, my God, planes are cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked uh, Diana and uh, Minerva, like, hanging yeah. out and, like, just, like, kind of just being friends. Like, that was cool. Yeah. I wish they did more of that to, like, then make the betrayal right. feel bigger. I agree. And especially because I thought Kristen Wiig was really fun. And yeah. I hope she gets to do more stuff. Like... 
it was weird that they tried to make you feel like Barbara's a bad guy when she like almost kills the person that rapes her. Like, okay. Yo, that like, made me so mad. Like she had every, she had every right, right <laughs> to like, fuck him up. <laughs> that was the second time yeah. he tried to rape her. Not just the first time, mm-hmm. the second time this piece of garbage tries to do this. She had every right to beat the living shit yeah, out of absolutely. him. And like, how dare you like, and again, Patty, what you helped write this? Like, what the fuck are you thinking? It was so weird. Why do you think that that is not okay? Yeah, like why is like this is us? You're trying to make us think that she's going too far and beating him up a second time for trying to rape her. I'm sorry, you you lost me. You lost a lot of your audience yeah, on that one. Especially like young girls might see this. I want them to know they have every right to like, beat up that guy. Yeah, like... And not be judged for it. It's just like... There are other ways to show that she's not a good person, and that was not one of them. a billion different ways yeah. to show this, and you chose... Also, like, you're going to run into the same guy? Like, what are you... What's happening? Also, that guy was dressed super weird. Like, he had, like, a <laughs> suit on, but, like, he was, like, homeless. And he's just hanging out... It was... In it a was park, weird. and then hanging out on a sidewalk. Like, it was just odd as hell. Yeah, there was just, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I was not a fan. Like, yeah. I, again, it was a fun experience watching because I've just been so starved for, like, a big Same. movie. Yeah. And, like, I've been looking forward to this, you know, since it was announced. And Same. then, like. I was so excited for it. I think that's part of it, too, is I was let down because I was so excited for it. And I think I was the opposite where it's like, it's not, it's not so bad. It's just, it's, a little, it's just a little, it's just a little crappy. It's not that bad. <laughs> like, but it's. You know, I don't know. There, there, there are certain things where it's like this. This movie could have done better. I agree. Ugh. But what else? What else you got? So, I watched Greenland. Oh, I didn't know it was out. You have to buy it. I think. Oh come on, Jerry! You can't give me like a a, a discount. It's not his or... fault. Okay. All right. <laughs> Wait, did I buy it or did I? Maybe I just rented it. Did for... he send you a screener? <laughs> <laughs> For I your consideration, and specifically your consideration. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> oh, what a dream. Maybe I just rented it. I think I rented it for like $20. Jesus. Oh, God. Jerry. <laughs> you robbed you. Such is my loyalty to Jerry. <laughs> so, it's Jerry Butler, Morena Baccarin, and a little boy whose haircut is unacceptable. <laughs> His haircut is unacceptable. We are living in modern times. There's no reason uh. for him to have this hair. <laughs> it's basically a two-hour apocalyptic Dodge Ram commercial. There's a lot of Dodge Ram trucks. Is this 2012 part two, basically? So... <sighs> Jason, don't do this to me. No, <laughs> it's not. Um, so basically... Oh, God, this was a while ago. I'm looking at this boy's head. It is 2020. You don't need a bowl cut that hard. Like, what are you doing? It's so, like, you're, that's, you shouldn't do that to a, a boy. Just give him a haircut. Give him a normal haircut. This is in 1995. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Um, so, as far as disaster movies go, slash Jerry Butler films go, mm-hmm. it wasn't actually that bad. I was looking, like, the trailer looked pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I, <laughs> I was like, I could sit to watch this. I'm not going to lie. Um... So, oh God, what? Oh, so the plot is um, Jerry and Morena are uh, getting divorced or are divorced. They have a son. Um, Jerry is a structural engineer. 
<laughs> he's always a scientist. That man <laughs> loves the science. So um, it is predicted. They're like, oh, these asteroids or whatever, they're coming very close to Earth, but they're going to miss us. It's all going to be fine. Mm-hmm. JK, the scientists were wrong. They're coming for us. Ugh, aren't they always? Which Not that scientist, though. Not Jerry. <laughs> of all the stupid disaster movies I love so very deeply, like your 2012s and whatnot, mm-hmm. for all those plots, this is actually the most reasonable of them. Okay. All right. Um, and so Jerry gets these alerts being like, you've been chosen. You and your family, they don't say you've been chosen, but they're just like, you and your family need to come to like this place mm-hmm. to get to safety. Jason, not everybody gets this. I, I assume so. But because they're going to have to rebuild the new world, they need a structural engineer. Ay, ay, ay. Jerry, you've been working so hard, it's finally paying off, all right? You know? I'm sure Morena was on your back. Here's this structural engineer money. Is not going to save this family? It's like, one day, it'll pay off. You listen to me. All right? And here we are. Did he, like, harangue her the whole time? Like, tell me it won't work. <laughs> silly, <laughs> silly git. <laughs> These dames. <laughs> um, no, they have a perfectly lovely relationship. <laughs> um, and they're just trying to... So they're trying to get to, like, this military base. Mm-hmm. Um, and just various things happen. Um, it, in the CG that they, they didn't do a ton, but like, it didn't look bad. Okay. Looked okay. Like, I imagine this movie did not have the biggest budget. I don't think it did. Um, so, you know, it was fine. Okay. I was Please this punch for a disaster movie with Jerry. Marina Baccarin's gorgeous. Yes, um, she is. Yeah, it was fine. Like, I imagined I imagined this is the kind of movie that, like, it, it is telling you or reminding you that danger is always coming, but it's not always showing you them in, like, a disaster situation. It's, yeah, it's more just their journey trying to get to safety. Because they're like, we hear that there's, after running around a bunch and some things happen, mm-hmm. if we can get to this place... Rumor is there's like a bunker or whatever because that's always what it's it is. It's always you know? the thing. So it's just them trying to get to that. So yeah, in the like here and there, stuff starts falling from the sky because they're traveling. Mm-hmm. So like there's like molten lava coming down on them or whatever the fuck. And I'm sure they pick up a strange companion or strange companions on the way or something like that. Perhaps Jason, or um, were they picked up? Who knows? Yeah, perhaps. I'm sure there was uh, a gun drawn at some at some point. I'm Ooh. getting on. I'm getting on that lifeboat. No, no, you're not. They need Jerry, a structural engineer. Jerry might have had to take a life, Jason. <laughs> it weighs on him. <laughs> um, um, a question. Yes. Greenland is yes. that in reference to the actual country or like the safe zones called Greenland? Uh, or is that a spoiler? I mean. Without knowing this movie, you could tell me what happens in this movie. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> like, the in-between bits are maybe a little bit, tiny bit different than normal, mm-hmm. but you could tell me the end of this movie. Yeah, it's, so, it's pretty standard. <laughs> so, yeah, the bunker thing's in Greenland. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Um, all right. I, it's, again, this is a movie that I wanted to see. Um, 
I saw the trailer on Gerard Butler's Instagram page because that's yeah. the only place you could see it. Same. Probably. <laughs> I'm looking for updates from him all the time. But um, it it did look decent. It mm. didn't look terrible. <laughs> no, it was totally like a solid in term in in disaster movies. In terms of disaster slash Jerry Butler films, mm-hmm. solid. Okay. All right. I yeah. Um, also, the alternate title movie should be Meteor Has Fallen, but uh, <laughs> they didn't hire me to write this, so, you know, they, they don't get their loss. They're lost. <laughs> um, okay, I can tell you about a movie. I, I, did, I did a throwback. I watched with my sister mm-hmm. an old film uh, called The Crush from 1993. Um, <laughs> when you said old film, I thought you were like talking about like the 1950s, and then you said 1993. I mean, it's damn near 30 <laughs> years ago. Wait, what? Yeah, remember? We're old as shit. Oh, fuck you, Jason. <laughs> 1993 was 28 years ago. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I'm turning 34 in a couple. Yup. In like... Oh, shut up, Jason. All right, tell me about this old movie, you son of a bitch. Just because your birthday's not till August doesn't mean you get to throw that old word around. I'm a summer child. Um, so, yeah. The, the Crush, starring Alicia Silverstone Ooh. and uh, Carrie Ellis. Ellis? Oh. Um, okay, just a couple of blondes hanging out. A couple of blondes hanging out, and it is your your classic uh, Lolita tale. Um, yeah, it, uh, Carrie Ellis plays a, uh, a a research journalist, Okay, if that's a thing. I don't know. It was the 90s, I guess it Investigative was. Investigative journalist? And, uh, kind of. He's a researcher. That's his main thing. He researches. That's that's his his okay. thing. Uh, he works for this very fancy magazine in Seattle. Okay. Uh, he drives an old nineteen fifties convertible. Fun. Uh, and he's just moved to, to to the town, and he's uh he's looking to uh to just make a name for himself at this big company. Great. He's a renter. He rents this uh, apartment above. Uh, that's a part of this mansion, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um. And you're just wondering, why does this lady that owns a mansion need to rent out an apartment? Mm-hmm. Like, this feels like unnecessary extra income for this very rich person. Listen, she's got a side hustle, okay? <laughs> Don't hate on that. Nothing wrong she's with that. She's her real estate license. She has to learn how to work it somehow. <laughs> um, the father is played by Kurtwood Smith, a.k.a. Red Foreman oh, from yeah. That 70s Show. Mm-hmm. And the whole movie is waiting for him to put a foot in Carrie Ellis' ass. <laughs> like, you just want it so badly. Um... But the basic premise of the movie is that Alicia Silverstone uh, sees Carrie Elwes and she's like, I want some of that. And I am 14 years old. It's gross. What? Yeah. And she is stalking him and making his life a living hell uh, and setting things up so that, like, you know, he seems like the worst person in the world. Although he is kind of fucking gross as he (laughs) did kiss her on the lips. Oh, no. Like sir you've done a bad thing here and yeah she might be mentally unstable but you are disgusting too i will say he does look cute in this <laughs> he's got a cute little mustache he just got finished doing uh robin hood men in tights and like his glasses make him look like a the cute english professor that's that's what they're going for for sure although he's using his american accent not his british one what a waste <laughs> god i hate when they do that okay um but yeah, the movie is it's a it's it is a lifetime movie on steroids. Gotcha. Like it is it is ridiculous. She's like made an altar to his to him like beneath 
and like the crawl space between like his home and their home. Oh no! Like it's so sweaty and like just gross, and <laughs> but like kind of funny at points, but also uncomfortable at yeah. many many points throughout. Yeah. Like, and this is Alicia Silverstone's first film. Oh no! And it's just like, uh, why was this? I'm glad you did Clueless. Yeah. After, because no one remembers this movie. No one remembers this movie. This was absolutely like late night HBO in the '90s. Like it's it's weird and and very much a time capsule yeah. of like they used to make movies like this and put them in theaters. Oh. Not anymore. Oh. <laughs> um, how does it end? Oh, um, so you know how people keep full carnival carousels in their attic? Oh, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, like the last fight happens up there. Mm-hmm, makes sense. Um, she has uh, captured her best friend who was about to tattle on her mm-hmm. to like the police mm-hmm. because uh, what she does, what Alicia Silverstone does, like one of, the, one of the biggest inciting incidents is that she tells the police that uh, he, he had raped her. What the, who the fuck wrote this movie? Someone that said this happened to them in real life like that's that's a bit of trivia on this movie the director said these events occurred to him in real life oh no that just makes us worse and he had to turn it into a movie what that feels like someone making an alibi for themselves yeah very much so yeah like again this movie's gross and sweaty oh no (laughs) um but yeah, the the final fight happens up there in a carousel that her father's been restoring for her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's trying to attack him with a, a fire poker. He punches her so hard she flies across the room and gets Carrie knocked Ellis? out. Carrie Ellis punches Alicia Silverstone. <laughs> and it is ridiculous stunt work. Like, it's a woman who's like five inches taller than Alicia Silverstone who gets like oh, thrown across no. the room. It is bad. Oh, boy. And the movie ends with him like, you know, moving in with his girlfriend and like, you know... um, who also works in his same paper, uh, who Alicia Silverstone tried to kill with bees. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Alicia Silverstone is uh, in therapy now uh, at a mental institution. Uh, and the doctor's like, you're making great progress. And she's like, thank you. Oh, she tried to come on to the doctor? Yes. And that's how the movie ends. Here we go. Part two. <laughs> wow. I just, I don't understand how, like so many people that had to be okay like get the stamp of approval yes from so many people that like, say this is a movie how like first off alicia silverstone's parents maybe don't let her do this film. yeah like carrie why are you doing this movie that's weird like studio executives the person who wrote it directed it etc like you're putting this into theaters like why are we doing this what like just because you can oh, make it doesn't mean you should no. make it Oh boy, Jason. So yeah, it was a weird watch. Yep. But it was a good reminder, like, yeah, people used to make trash like this. Wait, why did you choose that movie? Because we're both like, we think we remember this movie, and then we remember like, oh, we don't <laughs> remember this movie as well as we thought we did. <laughs> like, and also like, who doesn't love Alicia Silverstone totally. and Carrie Like, yeah, they're fun. Yeah. That's hilarious. Um, so I watched The Midnight Sky with George Clooney. I started watching, but I did not finish. Not because I didn't want to, just didn't finish it. I thought of you because I was like, we got space. Things are going wrong in space. We got space logistics. It's I know Jason got all loves the problems. It. And Clooney loves those problems too. He's <laughs> appeared a few times in these logistical problems in space. 
Um, so it's typical like family themes and what and appreciating life and whatnot. He plays an astronomer. Um, I mean, it's got a great cast: Felicity Jones, George Clooney, David Oyelowo, Kyle Chandler, Sophie Rundle. Um, a bunch of people. They're great. George Clooney is at this, um, uh, what would you call it? Uh, observatory, research station. Research station type place. Um, uh, the world's going to shit. We don't even know why. Some kind of ice age of some sort. Yeah. They're all going to die. There's a group of astronauts up in space, um, who have, they haven't been able to communicate with the earth because everything's going to shit. And so he's trying to tell them, Hey, don't come back here, turn around, because they were conveniently looking for another place to potentially inhabit instead of Earth. Um, so, uh, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, it looks nice. It looks like every other well-funded space movie of the last five years. Um, I... I think what I liked most about it was um, the group of astronauts. I feel like usually in these movies, when things get very tense, they tend to turn on each other. Mm-hmm. And it can be people just like yelling and like it's Someone really... always gets the space badness. Yes. Um, but it's like, oh, this group of people is actually very supportive and loving and understanding of each other. Mm-hmm. And you really just want what's the be- what's best for them, and like you want them to be okay. And usually, I don't really—they're kind of like throwaway characters, so you're just like whatever, right? Um, but I really like the space crew. <laughs> for some reason, the look of it reminded me of uh, the Cloverfield Paradox. I didn't see it. It wasn't good, <laughs> um, but like the look of it just reminded me of that, and I, the. It is a Netflix movie, and for some reason, I was like, I don't know about this. But again, I wanted to watch it, but I need to actually finish the movie. Yeah. Like, it looks good, and Netflix moves like a thousand miles per hour. It's not even on like the selected things for me to yeah, watch anymore. Same. same. Like, it felt heavily promoted up until the day totally. it came out, and then they just dropped it like a hot potato. Yep. Same. Um, Cause, and it flips between um, what George Clooney is doing on Earth, and it's more, it's like 70% that, and then partially up in space i found the space stuff to actually be more interesting compelling more compelling because of those characters um i won't say too much okay okay there's a twist that you see i'm coming a mile away and that i made me angry oh geez <laughs> i don't think i got that deep into it to see that twist I, I got it to the point where he finds the girl okay and he is struggling to communicate with this uh, this ship that's coming. He knows they're coming. Yeah, they know they're coming, mm-hmm. but they can't talk to each other. Gotcha. So I'm 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 curious. I'm curious to see that. I would like to know your feelings on it um, when you finish it. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, speaking of space things, mm. I started the Expanse on Amazon. Zen started watching that too. She really liked it. Um, it's enjoyable. It it is enjoyable. It's it doesn't have the biggest budget, but... It looks very Canadian. <laughs> it is. Right <laughs> on the nose. They're doing the best they can with those Canadian dollar dudes. Why does Canadian stuff have such a specific look? It's like somewhere between like older British stuff that just... like The color palette was always somehow like a little more gray and more matte mm-hmm. than American stuff. And then Canadian stuff 
it's not the grayness. It's just that, like, stuff just, it's colorful, but it's a little I, wonky. And I don't know what it is, but it's very sweet. I think for, this is specifically, I think Canadians, Canadians do know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that in Canada, they're very good at doing um, sci-fi quick and cheap. Yes. Like, I think they just have crews that just know how to do it, know how to shoot it, and, like, just turn around very fast and, like, on a budget. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I think of, like, all those CW shows are filmed in Canada, like, all, like, a lot of uh, Sci-Fi Channel's uh, stuff is filmed in Canada. I just think that they just get it. Um, like, Sci-Fi doesn't need to be very expensive to be, like, watchable and fun. Um, and I, they just are able to turn it around. But uh, but that being said, I finished the first season. Um, has five seasons. The first mm-hmm. three started on Sci-Fi. Then Amazon bought it because it's Jeff Bezos' favorite show, apparently. What? Yeah. Which I don't want to like the same things he likes necessarily. Nobody does. But it, the first season's solid. Mm-hmm. Um, it stars your favorite person, Thomas Jane. Um, okay, so confession. <laughs> I started years ago, two years ago or something. Mm-hmm. I Someone said you should watch the show it's really great and i tried and as soon as they got to thomas jane and he talked for five seconds i was like i'm out that haircut and that hat um i was out so maybe i'll give it another try but sometimes people pop up in the show it's like you got jared harris on this show for what he's amazing and it's just like what are you you know this is the expense right (laughs) like jared you're an incredibly talented extra but like he shows up and kills it like and like does an awesome like south african accent and like is like this tough guy and he's such a chameleon like he could be incredibly soft-spoken and warm Mm -hmm. and then he could play a bad guy and be fucking terrifying he's got range i really like that guy he's got real range and the first season is very effective at doing this. Like, we got this person didn't expect. Like, is that the guy from like Royal Pains? What's he doing here? <laughs> like, oh, he's just not on the show anymore. <laughs> like, they they're effective at at using people for the time they have them. Like, okay, like we can afford Thomas Jane and everybody else. I'm sorry, this is gonna be, <laughs> we got you for two episodes and hopefully you can bring everybody you back else next is just season. interns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um cuddy from the wire like uh plays oh, a character okay. that like you know um is so different than any other character i've seen him play before interesting he plays like this disgraced general mm. um that is like ahead of the space colony and the way he speaks is so solid and like direct and okay. like his cadence of speaking and the way he carries himself is like whoa like you're this feels so different than anything i've seen you do before interesting. and it's just I'm, I'm very interested in this character and like how he plays in this world yes okay i know who you're talking about but the basic premise of the show this is the this is the political turmoil between earth mars and the space colonies called the belt Mm -hmm. and their interplay and dance with each other of just like we might all kill each other or we might not and the first season follows like a series of events that could be considered acts of war essentially okay but they're all being done to cover up something more sinister oh okay cool um so yeah the first season i liked a bunch um i started watching years ago i was i'm happy i was able to like finish it on this break do you did you see any difference in quality in terms of when i went to amazon do you think there was like a bigger budget and it looks different i don't know i'm very curious to see oh because you've only seen the first season duh okay but i I would imagine that's if this is like jeff biz's favorite show basically and like amazon prime ultimately (laughs) is just like 
to show people that we can do this. It goes from looking like a Canadian show to like Inception. It's <laughs> like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> Leo? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah, that that was uh, I might, The Expanse. Uh, I might give it a try. Okay. Um, I watched a bunch of spy movies. Okay. So I watched randomly just because it kept on popping up. Um, spy Game. Oh, uh, Robert Redford yeah. and Brad Pitt? Yeah. I haven't seen that in a long time, but I know for a friend of mine, that's like one of his favorite goddamn movies. Um, Wait, who, what, so a friend of mine, that's one of his like favorite really? movies. Like, no, it's no one's favorite movie, but like, it's, he loves a spy game. I mean, I like it because they're just two handsome men. Like, Robert Redford at that time, he could still get it. It's like Robert Redford talking to young Robert Redford. Yes, basically. <laughs> um, so... Uh, Brad Pitt is uh, Robert Redford's little spy protege. Brad gets stuck in China, um, kind of doing this rogue mission. And so Robert Redford, even though he's supposed to retire that day, he does everything he can to save Brad Pitt, even though the U.S. government does not want to. Mm. Um, It's super tense, um, even though so much of it is takes place in like a conference room. (laughs) Um... But it's not rewriting the rules of spy movies in any way. Right. But it's fun. Like, their um, chemistry is really great. And Robert, like, granted what he does (laughs) might be considered treasonous. I don't know. Um, But it's just watching Robert Redford use all his skills and knowledge to outwit a bunch of government suit idiots. Mm. That's really the fun in it. Um, so it's not unlike other spy films, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. It's a movie that they don't make that much anymore, quite honestly. Like, you get one of these a year, but I feel like this came out 2002 or something like that. I can't remember. Like, 2001, 2002, I think is when it came out just about, but I feel you got more of this at that time. 100%. Like, this is a movie that, like, your mom and dad go to see in the theater. Oh, I'm sure my dad fucking rented this at blockbuster at some point i'm sure and he probably thought it was great or he probably fell asleep but still was like that was great like um i feel like the the lower brow b-tier movie version of this is uh behind enemy lines with gene hackman and owen wilson like similar premise like old dude young dude like young dude is stuck in a bad situation old dude tries to get him out of it but this one has way more guns and explosions and spy game is just like deception and subterfuge yes Oh yeah, I'm. Any other spy movies? What you saw? You, how many? How many spy movies have you been watching? <laughs> what do you have to tell me? <laughs> so I went back and watched all of Daniel Craig's Bond movies. Jesus Christ! What an undertaking. There's four, but they're long movies. They are four. Yeah, they're <laughs> ten hours of my life gone. Because <laughs> I mean, they're available and. I hadn't watched any of them in a while. I think I'd seen Skyfall the most of any of them. Mm-hmm. I'd only seen Spectre once. I'd only seen Quantum of Solace once. Um, and so I was like, I watched Casino Royale. <sighs> it was the most I've ever enjoyed it. It's so good. It's so fucking good, Jason. Like, again, I'm not a huge James Bond person, but I love Casino Royale. It's, and yeah, I'm controversial opinion, best uh, Bond theme really i love that song <laughs> it is amazing chris cornell you know my name <laughs> <laughs> <It's a banger. laughs> 
gets me excited for my day. You're hilarious. (laughs) 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 I did not expect that. (laughs) Um, So also, because I had watched Tenet, I was like, okay, because I'd already seen all these movies (laughs) and I generally knew what happened, I was like, you're going to pay attention to the plot. I feel like you have to ask yourself, do I understand movies? (laughs) Do do I know how movies work? I think I know how movies work. Well, because you know there's some films where you just, the plot doesn't matter. You can just turn your brain off. Like with these movies, when I would go to see them in the theater, I wasn't trying to follow the plot. I'm watching Danu Craig be handsome around the world, shooting stuff and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, no, you are going to follow this <laughs> plot. Um, and so, and I did. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, makes sense. Got it. Casino Royale, check fucking great and then i'd always heard like because i listened to james bonding podcasts being like the best way to watch quantum of solace is literally immediately after casino royale mm, fair because True. it just picks up literally exactly right there. where it ends yeah. and so i think like the next night or possibly i just stayed up too late one night i was like all right i'm gonna watch quantum of solace mm-hmm. i the last time i watched it i really disliked it so i was like i'll give it another try um and it was helpful to actually see it one after the other um and i didn't dislike it as much um it starts off strong and then the pacing is totally off um, <laughs> <laughs> i remember being bored in theaters watching it like it was very thing. slow and casino royale was always like every 10 boom, minutes like we're doing another boom. thing yes there's either a different location or like and i also loved le Chiffre as the bad guy like, yeah, it's Mickelson. He looks cool. He's a great actor. Mm-hmm. He's got the weird bloody eye thing. Yeah. Check, check, check. That's all I need. Super cool. Yeah. And so for literally, yeah, one of my notes is boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like the, it's a lot of stuff in the desert and you yeah. just like, you need more visuals and locations. Like it starts off great with the car chase and then like they're at a dock. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're in the desert you're just like and then you're just at like someone's big house party and you're just like what where guys I, can we get some better locations here i must say i love jeffrey wright as felix Leiter in these movies oh yeah he's great like i love that he just shows up like hey bond do me a favor like he always does like voice things yeah. you're just like jeffrey <laughs> but personally this is like maybe a controversial opinion but i always felt like can i get a felix slider movie oh yeah like can i like it, it, i don't need a series i just want like what is he doing because he feels like james bond's american equivalent i would love to see casino royale part two from felix's yeah and he's just like look at this motherfucker he's gonna lose this fucking game like, he is killed 40 people in this hotel that's the other thing i realized like oh he's a terrible spy james bond he just leaves bodies everywhere no one stays alive he's he gets everyone knows who he is he's in the newspapers multiple times this man is the worst spy i feel like he's a great chaser yes bad spy that's why he's busting through walls he's like sliding down machinery but he cannot spy for it to save his life no literally um, I, I believe Casino Royale from Felix Lai's perspective is just him like drinking Maalox and like <laughs> downing Pepto-Bismol like Jesus fucking Christ oh god <laughs> we gave him how much money oh lord <laughs> but I'm sorry Quantum of Solace no um, it's fine it's so true um, it doesn't so aside from the pacing and the location stuff like 
it doesn't look as good as the other movies. Like, okay. it's just, I feel like the palette was more matte and just probably because locations Lots were Lots of browns and like. A lot of browns and stuff. And the bad guy was, he's this. Sn- can't remember who the bad guy was. Exactly. Like, he's just this snivelly little, like, business guy who um, is claiming to do one thing, but he's actually, um, his whole goal is to steal water. steal water and then become Bolivia's. He owns 60% of the water. <laughs> You're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I remember seeing this and I had been, I had been to Bolivia like a few years before that. I was like, this is all logistically wrong. Like, there was something about, I was like, this is all bullshit. Like, only people from Bolivians are mad watching this movie. <laughs> I would be. <laughs> and also, like, I imagine it's a super fucking cool place, and you're just showing me a desert in someone's house, and it's like, this is all I get to see yeah. in Bolivia? Are you kidding me? And so he's, like, a really weak guy. Like, in terms of being able to kill him, it would be incredibly easy. You just toss him down the stairs. <laughs> I feel like he'd snap in a heartbeat. He's got that Mr. Glass body thing. <laughs> um. So... Yeah, it just it just didn't work. It, I mean, it wasn't as bad as I thought, but um, yeah, it's just kind of boring, really. Mm-hmm. Um, Skyfall is I wrote the sexiest movie about mommy issues I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, it's great. Um, it's more fun. The pacing's better. Is it a ridiculous bad guy? Yes, but I'm okay with that in a James Bond film. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's more interesting and a more dynamic actor um, and an interesting foe. So I was like, great. And his deformity was weird. Take oh, terrible. Whole job. Dental issues were his difficulty. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, but it has nothing to do really with the original, like the Vesper kind of storyline and mm-hmm. like the terrorist group. Which is fine. I'm okay with it moving on. I still enjoyed it. The location, like, it looks good. It's glossy again. The locations are awesome. You have that awesome skyscraper scene in China with all the lights. Yeah. You have um, him on that boat looking fine as hell going up to the casino in Mm -hmm. China. Um, Then he's got the new MI6 building, and he's at his place in Scotland. The goal of the villain in this one was way more clear and, like, understandable and direct. Yes. He wants revenge. His, you know, mom, for lack of a better term, with Judy Dench, betrayed him. He's pissed. Here we go. And great. You're right. The locales and like just colors of the movie changed it's beautiful, wildly and yes. consistently. Um, and so it works. Um, I love that you get a little peek into James Bond's life. You yeah. go to his like, apartment, and it's yes. like this is terrible. <laughs> uh, do you get his apartment? Uh, I don't, you don't get his apartment in that one. You get it in Spectre. Inspector, okay. Um, so, on Spectre. Okay. <laughs> I just wrote, ugh, we're back in a desert. <laughs> um, and I think it suffers from another boring bad guy. Like, we've seen Christoph Waltz in the same role before, essentially. Better, too. Yeah. Um, and he's also died in that role, basically, so it's less intimidating also. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go to, and so we're back onto like, kind of onto the Vesper thing. Um, and like, it's just so very weak. Like, 
oh, he was your, like, quote, like, stepbrother or whatever, (laughs) and you were jealous? (laughs) What? (laughs) And then you go to... And so that's why he wants to exact his revenge on James Bond. He spent a lot of time making James Bond's life terrible because of daddy issues. I will say this is also the plot of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. But go <laughs> on. I'm sure that's what they, they got it from. Um, and they go to um, his like bad guy computer camp. In the desert. Oh, yeah. And it's literally... That's such a lame set. It's super lame. <laughs> There's just a bunch of 20-somethings at computers who are all dressed in black, and at one point, he, like, snaps his finger or something, and they all get up at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it just looks like the Apple Genius Bar is just getting up. <laughs> Lunchtime. All right. <laughs> and I was just like, this is so fucking lame. Uh, it's fun because you get Money Penny in there helping out. You get Q in there helping out. Um, and this is the first time of uh, Ray Fiennes stepping Ray Fiennes, in in that role. He was introduced in Skyfall, but he's like, yeah, he is M now, um, and he's running around. But it's just, um... oh, and you also have like a second bad guy with um, Andrew but... Scott. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. why do we have the second bad guy? James Bond movies don't need second bad guy. The don't. second bad guy is, like, the t- the the muscle. Right. Which you already had with Dave Bautista. Yeah. So, like, and he was great. So, now we have, like, a... And, like, he's basically more a henchman. But, like, why are you introducing the second bad guy? I thought he was going to play a bigger role, but he really doesn't. Um, so... It's just... It wasn't terribly good like specter was a little bit of a letdown for people yeah. and this was the one where i was like okay so he's done his four movies he's probably gonna move on to something else but then here we go again no time to die Harry joe don't let me down <laughs> please let this be a good one god let it be good and what's 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 sometimes sad is that not even sad like there are this is a machine with a lot of cool parts. Yes. Like, directors are good, producers are good, you know, actors are fantastic, but sometimes it just doesn't always equal out some mm-hmm. of the parts, which happens with a lot of movies. Yeah. And James Bond movies are 25 deep now? Yeah, something like that. It's a lot of movies. It's a lot of movies. Um, but I enjoyed going on the ride. I'm ready for when the next one comes out. Okay. Um, and I followed the plot the whole time. This <laughs> <laughs> is a real coup for me. <laughs> so yeah, that was all my spies. Okay. Um, all my spies this fall on ABC. <laughs> um, Just me surrounded by handsome men in bow ties and suits. Yeah, that's my dream. <laughs> um, I binged really hard. Uh, mm. Something that just came to HBO Max. Oh, I watched Snowpiercer, the series. That's so funny. I tried starting that last night, <laughs> and then it didn't do it for you. It doesn't look like it did it for you. Um, you, you talk about it first. Okay. So, Snowpiercer, the series, uh, starring David Diggs mm-hmm. and uh, Jennifer Connelly. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, ageless woman. Ageless woman. So um, pretty. And she's putting in a lot, she's doing a great job on okay. this show. Like, her and David Diggs are quite good mm-hmm. uh, opposite each other. Um, but Snowpiercer, the story of the last remnants of humanity surviving on a super train. Mm-hmm. 
plowing through a frozen wasteland that is now Earth because we got too greedy and we heat the planet up too much. So what do we do? We're going to cool it down with science. But we went too far and froze (laughs) the planet. (laughs) It's just really funny. It is a ridiculous premise. (laughs) (laughs) So we got on a... couldn't tell that it was going to be too cold? But the ridiculous part of it is that we got on a train? That's what we did as humanity? Mm -hmm, A a moving train just... We didn't dig underground. Shh, stop. Shh. Okay. Train. All right. Train. Cool. But um, which is easier to go along with when it's a movie, mm-hmm. but when it's a series and you really have to like give explanation, it's a little bit more difficult like, to take in. <laughs> but I will say this: it is engaging and it's something hmm. that is highly bingeable. Um, <laughs> there are some surprisingly good performances. Uh, hmm. Mike O'Malley. Uh, if you remember him from Global Guts as a child. Who he was the host. Um, that Michael O'Malley? That Michael O'Malley. How could I forget him? Um, <laughs> he was the mainstay of my childhood. He is really good in this show. This is the first time I've seen him in a dramatic role. Yeah. Um, you may know him from The Good Place as the guy that was the uh, the <laughs> concierge, kind of, between the portals of worlds. I was the only person, I think, on the planet who did not like The Good Place. Oh, well, totally fair. We'll talk about that at some point in time. Okay. <laughs> I whispered it for fear of repercussions from Mike Sure. I don't know. He's always watching. <laughs> <laughs> but no um yeah it, it, it's 10 episodes um it focuses on the start of a rebellion uh seven years after the everyone got on the train um oh, okay. the front of the train is full of the high class people middle of the train full of like you know the, the second and third class which are just workers and scientists and the t- very end of the train are the tailies people that uh stormed the train as it was taking off from uh, chicago uh, oh, that's where they started, Chicago? Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, got on the train illegally. Uh, they didn't have tickets, essentially. Uh, but everyone else on Earth is dead. And they're the last surviving members. Um, and the show is just based like you know, class. This is all about class and economy and wealth. And it's like, yeah, a little ridiculous that we're doing it in this context. But but it works. But it works. Yeah. Like, as, like, you know, a, a science fiction slash, you know, thriller yeah. of a show. Um yeah, they do a lot of things differently than the movie did. Okay. If you've seen the movie, this is not the movie. Okay. They're not just extending the plot of the movie over gotcha. like 10 episodes. Gotcha. Um, the, the, the voice of, of the train is someone that, that we may all know um, from popular things. I wouldn't want to spoil anything. Um, you can spoil it for me. Oh, um, and yeah, this, they don't reveal the person. Um, so yes, it's Sean Bean plays like the voice of the man no leading things, and it's just like interesting. Okay, nice. Um, hopefully he'll live. Hopefully, <laughs> um, but it's uh, it's good. The the CG and graphics aren't great, but there was something about the show where I just felt attached to it. Like was this on TNT. TNT. Um, it Got was that TNT budget. You know, it has a TNT budget money, and I can't think of a series they've done like this before. No. Um, it's just it was really engaging. I felt like a like I appreciated the struggles of the characters, and I just wanted to see like how does this all end? Like, is that a twist? Am I invested in this show? I think I'm invested in the show. <laughs> all right, here we go. <laughs> you got me, Sean. Like it was something Seen where bean? I can imagine being in this scenario in this situation on this train. Yeah, it feels a little too real at this point. A little, yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, it was it was a very enjoyable binge. Okay. Um. 
part of me was just like, we'll just space it out a little bit more. But part of me was like, nah, maybe this is exactly how I had to uh, indulge in it. But uh, yeah, it's on HBO Max right now. Nice. Just came there. And season two starts soon. I think oh, like next wow. week on oh, TNT. Shit. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize I'd been out for that long. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm a huge... I liked him in Hamilton, but I don't think I'm a huge fan of David Diggs' acting. It's quite stagey. <laughs> yeah, he says everything with the same amount of gravity. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, not everything is life and death. <laughs> and so I just, yeah. But in this context, it works because everything kind of is life and death. It does. But I just, I don't know. I struggle with it. I'm not. I can understand. I can understand where you're coming from. Um, But maybe also, like, with everything going on in the world, it's hard for me. I think I'm not in the mood to watch something like that. Um, Absolutely. So maybe a little bit down the line, I'll give it another try. Um, I watched, you know, like a year or two later, I watched Always Be My Maybe. (laughs) Oh, okay. I thought it was very cute. I enjoyed it a lot. Like, Randall Park is charming as hell. Um, it was great. Um, I think the standouts um, was Michelle Buteau as Veronica mm-hmm. was super funny. Um, and is it Karan Sony? Um, who did he play? Oh, God, I watched it so long ago. The supporting cast was really great. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. They're really funny. And it's stuck to the formula, but it does it well. So I'm happy to watch a rom-com. Yeah, it's a solid rom-com. That just, you know, does it well. Um, everyone had great chemistry. And it was really just exciting to see Asian people. How did you feel about the uh, Keanu cameo? Funny and weird, but I'll take it. Mm-hmm. It's something different. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, him, like, punching people in the face was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Randall Kim just being, or Randall Park just being like, this guy's a fucking asshole. <laughs> 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 it was really funny and great. I enjoyed it. I didn't know what to expect. Basically, it was funnier than I expected. Oh, that's good. Because I, if I'm watching a rom-com, I want enough of the calm part. Mm-hmm. And I got it. And so, and also, Ali Wong is super pretty, and I liked all her outfits. Yes. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed the movie when I saw it. It was cute. a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Netflix should do more things like that, but they don't that often for yeah. some reason. Or if they do, they just get buried. Yeah, that's true. Or they know I'm not the audience for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, other things I watched. Oh, speaking of Keanu Reeves, I mm. watched uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music, mm. uh, the third entry in the Bill and Ted series. Uh, Twenty five years. The third. Uh, Second. Third. Third? Yeah, there's uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, which is so good, oh. <laughs> and Bill and Ted uh, gotcha. Face the Music. Okay. Um, it is, I said 25, 28 years after uh, the second part, <laughs> um, uh, featuring uh, Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves, uh, as well as uh, some appearances by people <coughs> like Beck Bennett, um, oh, nice. Kid Cudi. Uh, Samara Weaving. Ooh, he's handsome. I'm into it. Ooh, Samara Weaving. Very pretty. I like it. Um, which was also very funny to see because, like, hey, your uh, uncle is, you know, in the Matrix and you too, you know, Keanu and your, your uncle. Isn't Samara Weaving Hugo Weaving's daughter? Uh, 
maybe is. I don't. I saw something that said that she's his his niece, but she looks a lot like him. But it very, I think it's his daughter, actually. Yeah, like that's. Oh, so they're. Oh, yeah. So like old pals, old Uncle Keanu. Here. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. And she calls him Uncle uh, <laughs> in the movie, basically. No way. Um, Love it. But it's kind of fun because, uh, yeah, so the movie takes place 28 years after the, the second part. Um, they are not good at the musician thing. Um, the, the second movie ends, are. ends with them becoming world famous and, like, they're set to save the future. That's how the second movie ends. Okay. And they just don't live up to that hype. Um, you do. <laughs> and they're just, like, kind of puttering, like, you know, dads that, like, you know, do weekend uh, shows at weddings. That's, which is fine. And, like, everyone's like, this isn't funny anymore you guys gotta grow up and like get real jobs oh they're not fully employed like they are they're doing they're doing all right they have houses next they have houses their kids are in school their wives are like oh but they're but the like whole music thing is their main employment it's like the thing that they love to do it's like okay like (laughs) let me have some time like let's let's rehearse it's like you should be going to work like okay but still the band that's so cute band band yes (laughs) but they are visited from the future by, um, oh my God, why can't I remember her name from Bob's Burgers? Uh, <laughs> Bob's Burgers. Kristen, uh, Kristen oh, Shaw. Yeah. Uh, she shows up as George Collins replacement, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone from the future saying like, you guys got to get your shit together and save the world, basically. And they go on a journey through time, space, and heaven and hell to <laughs> get essentially the future together. But there's a B plot that's also a lot of fun where their daughters are basically putting together the greatest band of all time Aww. for their dads. It's like, Aww. because like they're like music nerds. Like they, they love all kinds of music and like they love sampling songs and putting them together. And the whole prophecy is like, you know, Bill and Ted are set to like unite all humanity with music. And like their daughters are like, we got to make that happen. It's very cute seeing That's their daughters like sweet. get like Louis Armstrong and Jimi Hendrix and Mozart <laughs> like together to form a band to like That's help amazing. their dads out. Um, and the reappearance of a character that I love so much in this series, uh, Death, played by William Sadler, um, the actual the em- embodiment of Death, and he's just a goofball. He's just a, a sad old man that like wants to to play board games and also play bass. <laughs> <laughs> um, and oh, there is a fantastic appearance uh, by my man from Barry. Um, the completely bald man yes. from Barry. Uh, he plays an emotionally uh, sad robot <laughs> who is very insu- a sad killer robot, basically. Um, who's very unsure about his actions and uh, how he acts in the world. Anthony Carrigan plays that character, and it's very funny and very charming. I- I'll say that this movie weirdly gave me a big movie feel, although it's definitely <laughs> made on the cheap. Yeah, like it's it i felt walking away from it like that was a lot of fun it felt like i really went on a journey and i really enjoyed my time with it nice yeah um where does my guy kid cuddy come into it because i find him oh he's also cute. part of the greatest band of all time Love it. uh he also Seems has like a fun gentleman he also has deep knowledge of uh physics engineering and time and space and Perfect. time travel <laughs> great like whenever they have a problem it's like oh well it's said that he, he gives a very scientific explanation of what they're experiencing i love it and it's like how do you know that don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> i like it i like it a lot so 
I watched the Da Vinci Code movies. I don't know why. That is a weird coincidence, <laughs> but go on. I didn't watch it, but it just came up in my life recently. <laughs> um, I This is going to sound super dumb. There's some very random movies that I find very, like, oddly, not comforting is not the right word, but, like, they don't stress me out for some reason. And okay. they, like, wrap themselves up. So I'm just like, like, so much of what I want, I watch depends on my mood, and I just don't want to be stressed out like watching spy game stressed me out <laughs> <laughs> but also it was a new experience you've not yes. seen it before so i wanted something that i've seen before that is not in any way a dire circumstance mm-hmm. even though da vinci code is very dire but not for me <laughs> so i watched angels and demons and i watched da vinci code uh, and they're not good and I thoroughly enjoy them. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, it, Tom Hanks' hair is problematic. Um, they give him a middle part in the second one that I disagree with. Oh, yeah. His hair was long and weird in that yeah. one. Um, his hair is long in the first one, but it's styled a little bit better. Audrey Tattoo is just an angel on earth. She's so pretty. Um, the second one is pretty kind of graphic and gory-ish a little bit um, and violent. But Ewan McGregor's in it, and I like it. Is he the bad guy in that? He is the bad guy. You they, just don't know it till the end. They always get these nice British men to be the bad guys. This week. Paul Bettany was the bad guy in the first one. Yep. Um, and I will say, even though he like um, hurts himself and whatnot based on religious grounds, Sin and I were watching it, and we were both like, he looks good. <laughs> He's a weirdly pale he's very pale but like he was in shape he knew he was not gonna have clothing on and he looks good jason pale but good if it weren't for his hey hey if it weren't for his weird contacts i'd be like all right i support you in almost anything jason if you rewatch this movie respect the bod it looked good minus the you know bloody things from him hurting himself the, the whips the self-flagellation yes oh boy um i remember in angels and demons just like it was about the large hadron collider yes like it, it was they they extrapolated real big. oh it's ridiculous <laughs> it is a ridiculous film <laughs> but i enjoyed it for some reason okay i those movies had were of the cultural zeitgeist of the time. Like, oh, those books were huge. Mm-hmm. Huge. I read them. <laughs> and I was like, these aren't good, but I enjoy them. Like, they made a lot of money yep. really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, everyone's reading those. Like, this is, this book sold out uh, airport bookstores. Yes. <laughs> time and time again. And now you'll find it at library book sales around the world. Oh, yeah. A lot of, a lot of paper waste. Yep. <laughs> um... But yeah, I, I never watched them. I always caught them like pieces of them, like on they're like, always on TNT USA or TNT yeah. or something like that. Um, and yeah, they they had all the elements like to be a big movie. You got Tom mm-hmm. Hanks like in this actiony kind of role. Yep, always running around with a pretty lady. Mm-hmm. I confused Audrey Tattoo with Marion Cotillard for like three years. Makes sense. <laughs> They're both beautiful. They have cute little faces and fun accents that are very alluring. So fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's it's something that I've not, 
actually sat down and watched. How'd you watch them? What'd you watch them on? Uh, I think Netflix or something. Oh, they're they're there. Okay, all right. I think so. I I didn't know that they were. I did not pay for them. Okay. It was either that or like HBO Max or something. Okay. And there were only two movies. Was there a third one? I could have sworn there was a third one. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you something. Obviously, I was too lazy to look it up. <laughs> but if I the third one had been there. I would have fucking watched it. <laughs> you, I hope there is one. You really plow through some like series of films. I don't in know this what break. got into me. To be totally honest with you, Jason. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, oh, Inferno. Ooh, gotta go back and watch. I that. don't think anyone remember that one or like that. One. <laughs> I feel like that one. If I, I think I may have seen it once, and I'm pretty sure someone falls to the, I might have talked to him about this someone falls to their death from a very high building and from a ceiling of a building and people were not that bothered and I was like you guys just watched someone tumble to their death you really should be more bothered oh my God. they're like they're dark movies they're really dark they are I mean the second one is like guys are being branded and like one guy's lit on fire like it's really like ooh, mm-hmm. it's rough but I find it oddly comforting. <laughs> I don't know why. I will check it out at some point. You I feel don't, like I... Jason, you don't have to. <sighs> I'll tell you right now, if you are going to watch one of them, just watch the Da Vinci Code one. The other ones are particularly ridiculous. Oh, and uh-huh. at least Audrey Tattoo is... I mean, Audrey Tattoo, Tom Hanks, um, fucking Gandalf. Oh, Ian McKellen? Yeah. Okay. Paul Bettany, like, it's pretty solid. Right, it's all a cast. Yeah, it's the best of the three of them and they're all terrible (laughs) (laughs) it's like hey do you like religion do you like mystery (laughs) then watch the da vinci do you like ill-fitting wigs on tom hanks (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um something completely unrelated (laughs) that i watched um i watched a nice fun little movie called uh extra ordinary um i saw it on on showtime it stars Maeve Higgins, uh, Barry Ward, uh, Claudio Darty, and Will Forte. Um, yes, I've been wanting to watch this show for ages, but I had no way to watch it. Oh, it's a movie, actually. Oh, okay, yes, because I like Claudio Darty a lot. Um, it's such a weird-ass movie. Uh, Maeve Higgins plays a driving instructor that is a retired uh, paranormal expert. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And she's brought out of retirement for one last mission to to save this uh, guy's daughter, who she has a little bit of a crush on, the man. Sweet. And Will Forte plays uh, a failed singer that has moved to Ireland and is trying to commit a satanic ritual <laughs> to make himself famous again by stealing this man's daughter. I love Will Forte so much. He's so weird and fun. He's great. Like, he's... Uh, I enjoy him a lot. I do too. <laughs> um, but the movie is so weird and so cute. Like, everyone's, like, really nice to each other. And, like, Claudio... Um, Maeve Higgins is so sweet. Like, <laughs> she's, like, the sweetest lady in this um and claudia dirty is such a jerk which is so uncharacteristic for her like she's she's just a dick the entire time that's so funny because she's such a tiny little australian nugget she's so mean to like (laughs) will forte and everyone else in the movie (laughs) like um the movie has very interesting practical effects Mm -hmm. like uh there are people floating and like things moving all the time like ectoplasm shooting out of things but it feels like an early peter jackson movie where like it's Mm. just like a little gross, but like this is a good use of like you know makeup and physical effects. 
Um, and yeah, it's all set in Ireland. Um, and I, the plot's really straightforward. A paranormal expert comes out of retirement to save a kid. Perfect. And finds love along the way. That's all you need. <laughs> um, yeah, it was really enjoyable, really quick, like an hour and like 30 minutes. Um, it was fun. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I watched, I finally watched The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, you've never seen it before? I've never seen it before. I tried okay. it once, when, like a year or so ago, and I didn't really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had only gotten a little bit into it, and I still didn't like it. <laughs> it looked great. I love the look of those early Tim Burton films, like we talked about um, in the past, with like Beetlejuice and stuff. But I don't like. I didn't realize it was a musical. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like musicals. That's fair. And the um, songs have very unique. I don't know, rhythm, melody, I don't know. Um, and it just, I just didn't like it. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It's just not for me. And also, like, are we ignoring the fact that a woman is being held against her will by a creepy old man? Uh, Oogie Boogie holding his uh, girlfriend, Sally? What? <laughs> um, is that the scientist's name, Oogie? No. 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 Oh, the, the guy sign- with the gigantic head. Who's yeah. he holding captive? The woman. Sally, or whatever her name is. Huh. Yeah. I've- Go back and watch that movie. Hmm. Yeah. He tries to lock her. He, like, locks her in her room and stuff. And, like, she keeps poisoning him to get away because he doesn't want her to leave. Mm-hmm. And it's creepy. I didn't like it. <laughs> it was cool to look at. I get why people liked it when we were younger, but that shall not be a film that I return to each Christmas. I don't really consider it that big of a Christmas movie. It's, I feel it's more, for me, it's more appropriate for Halloween. Either, really both, if you mm-hmm. want to. Yeah. I mean, it does double as both. It's got both in the, the plot of the movie, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I like it. It's not something I go to for I don't. I haven't seen it in a couple of years. Hmm. I don't know. It's it, it doesn't take up a lot of space in my mind. It's something like I love this movie. It's like it's fine. It's cool. Hmm. Um, one thing I did enjoy, yes. uh, and I think participates in the Christmas tradition very heavily, hmm. is uh, Die Hard. It's the one Christmas movie I didn't watch. <laughs> um, I mean, if you listen to this, you know what Die Hard is. Yeah. Uh, one man just wants to go see his family and winds up following a terrorist plot. As you do. Um, I watched with someone who hadn't seen it before at all. No way. Uh, Fun. Yeah, I watched it with with a girlfriend. Nice. And cute. she she enjoyed it. She was like, I can see why people like this. Yeah. Like she was like, I don't think it's a great movie. I'm like, fair, but like I see why this is enjoyable. Um, she pointed out a line that was pretty fun though that no one quotes at all in this movie, where he's beating a dude up, or like he never really beats anyone up. He's like struggles for his life in every encounter. <laughs> But at one point he's fighting guys like I'm gonna kick, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to cook you, and then I'm gonna eat you. Which is like no one says that line, but it's so much fun. He's just so angry as he's saying it. That's so weird. <laughs> it's like no one ever says it. But really, the thing that is most prominent in that movie that no one ever talks about, it's it is also a love story between two men that never see each other. Between uh, uh the character that that 
Reginald Bell Johnson plays Carl Winslow and Bruce Willis. They are in love. (laughs) Like, if you look at the dialogue as they talk to each other, like, they are two people that are really feeling each other. I'm going to have to go back and watch. It's like, if they're going to kiss, like, at the end of this. Bruce Willis will fall into his arms. Like, at the end, like, he's there hugging his wife, and then, like, he leaves her to, like, go, like, ow! Oh, my God! Like, dude, you're as hot as I thought you were, basically. Like, these are two men that really do like each other a lot. That's very cute. (laughs) And with most action movies of the 1980s, like, it's a lot of... Uh, homoerotic tension that's broken with a, a gunshot. Like, Weird. It's it, it's built up like a lot where like there's a lot of affection. Just let it happen. I don't know. Just fucking do it. Guys. Is it? Is it that or is it just bromance? It's bromancy, I guess. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's just very funny. Like these two are like, I love you. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> I never met you. I know. It's okay. <laughs> I consider Die Hard to be something that is fun, fine to watch at Christmas time, because Christmas is essential to the plot. Mm -hmm. Like, if, and I think that's something that can dictate a lot of Christmas movies. Totally. If Christmas is essential to the plot, meaning that these same events couldn't happen on the 4th of July, then Christmas is kind of a big part of it. There's no reason for him to be there. I mean, to see his wife, but yeah, if it was the 4th of July, he's not going to be like, I'm going to get to you. Right. No one has a 4th of July party at the office. Yeah. If you do, I don't know who the hell you work for. Google. I guess. But then you're at a barbecue outside. Like, it's a lot different. Um, But yeah, that's that's something else I I will have to revisit it. Um, My last thing. I absolutely loved, um, I can't, I think I texted you about it, Sweet Home. Oh, yes, you did. I did start watching that. I didn't put it in my list for some reason. Um, along with Ted Lasso, I think it was, I'm going to count it toward 2020 because it came out in a couple days before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I freaking loved it. I watched the whole thing. It took me a little while because I would do like a couple episodes and I'd have to take a mental and emotional break. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so fun. Like uh, I didn't realize there was a category called like K monster movies, I hmm. guess, as I was doing my research after watching all of it. Um, I guess like train of a son qualifies. Yes. Um, so it's a Korean show. Um, and honestly, I think a lot of it was just, I never, I've never seen, aside from, like, I, I don't watch, like, K- Korean dramas or anything. Mm-hmm. So it's the first show I've ever seen with all Korean people, and it was, like, the most exciting thing. Okay. Um, and a lot of them were very beautiful men. Um, <laughs> and so it's, I thought it was going to be a zombie movie, but it's about these... The blueprint is kind of, you know, you're, it's an apocalypse type of zombie situation. People are turning, um, but they don't turn into zombies. They turn into monsters. Everyone, like, when you turn, you turn into, there's no one set monster. Everyone turns into a different thing. Mm-hmm. And it manifests um, kind of based on your insecurities or... Um, what makes you angry or depressed or whatever. And it's not like you have to be bitten to turn. Um, it seemingly turns people 
kind of kind of turns like really shitty people or people who are horribly depressed or something mm-hmm. there's an emotional component once you hit to a certain it. emotional state you'll begin to yes turn. um which is interesting and i think kind of a commentary about the world and mm-hmm. how when people are very fearful or angry they turn into monsters um but and it's all set in this um large apartment complex and the cast of characters you just it's large, um, but I just really found myself getting invested in them mm-hmm. and really liking them. They all have very distinct personalities. Um, there's one guy among them. Oh, I don't want to spoil it for you. Um, how far? You haven't watched much. I've watched two episodes. Okay. So I think you probably... The main guy... There's one guy who... Um, like the kid, kind of, like... Like a teenager, old, older teenager? Yeah, he's like, I don't know, 19 or mm-hmm. something. Um, he is different from the people he's with. Like, he can tolerate more in terms of violence and stuff. Um, and so they kind of use him as a weapon. Um, it's It looks really great. I They put all their cg into the monsters so when the monsters do pop up they look really cool yeah i saw some monsters Um, and i guess some people thought the acting wasn't good i thought it was fine but maybe it's different if i was watching them if i was watching like english speaking actors Mm -hmm. act um i just find i found it really interesting and kind of in a unique look at that type of situation um there are a lot of really strong female characters who are great um yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I love a monster. It was my people. It was very exciting. Like, I liked it. From what I've seen so far, I've enjoyed it. Um, I find it very funny and odd that like they keep ending on like Imagine Dragon songs. I know. <laughs> I don't get what the deal with that is. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I, I saw someone else wrote about that too. I just saw the headline. And I was just like, yeah, that is weird. And like I noticed, I was just like, oh. I'm breaking. Yeah, like, what? It's English. It's like these random, like, I don't know. It feels so totally different than everything I just saw up to this point. It sticks out like a sore thumb. It kind of makes me laugh. Like, I, I, what I was, as I watched, I enjoyed the cast of characters and their interaction with each other. Like, I liked the religious samurai guy. Yeah. (laughs) Like the, uh, the bass girl, the bass Mm -hmm. player girl. Super cool. Who seems like the most. To me, the most level-headed character out of all of them. And you'll meet more characters as it goes on, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the woman who's pushing the baby in a carriage, but there's no baby in a carriage. Yeah. Um, that's very sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there just seems to be, like, the, the, the crime guy. Like, Yo, that Asian thug was so handsome. I, like, I'm just like, what's going on? Why is this man wrapped up? It was very weird to Jason, me. just keep watching. Um, but, it, but it does have that element of, like, how does this unfold into something mm-hmm. else? Mm-hmm. But... What wasn't clear to me as I was watching the first two episodes, I was like, is this, de- this hell? Is there, are demons leaking from hell? Like, I didn't understand what was happening there. Um, but I'm, I'm sure as I watch, like, more will be just explained. Mm-hmm. But um, it seemed it seemed fun, like, so far. Like, like you were right, the, the monsters do look good. Um, I'm concerned, though, that there might not be a way to kill them. And that's making me a little upset. Like, in the sense of, like, I don't like that. I don't like in monster movies or in, like, uh, horror, movie, horror movies featuring mm-hmm. ghosts where it's just, like, no, you can't kill this. Like, you'll 
you're you'll die because you're meant to be punished like no man give me a chance i just want a chance that's it you'll see okay um and i think what i also liked about it was it wasn't predictable like i i think you and i and anyone who watches a ton of television can see things coming mm-hmm. and there was some stuff that i was like oh oh i okay i didn't see that coming at all and like they're not afraid to kill people and it was it was just a fun little ride and it wasn't i had no expectations going in i think which was cool mm-hmm. usually i obviously have you know expecting something to be good bad or otherwise but i had no idea what i was going into it's a very colorful palette um i love a monster and it was i found myself getting emotional when if something happened to characters um i usually i I think with stuff like that they there's not a ton of character development it's kind of you know one or two characters maybe and then Mm. the rest is like whatever but because it's a series they're able to you are able to get to know everyone a little bit more fair okay um yeah i just i don't know really it was what i was looking for i didn't know it Mm -hmm. um but it is very bloody Oh boy! Yeah, <laughs> there is. At one point, I was sitting on the couch, and I was so tense from it, and I was holding a remote because I have to keep my finger on the mute button at all times. <laughs> <laughs> and the episode finally ended, and I put down the remote, and I had an indent from holding oh the remote God. so tightly for such a long time, being like, Ugh. "I feel if you ever had to switch careers to the person that has to like bleep out curse words on live television, I'd be amazing. You'd be amazing." <laughs> Yeah. Whenever I'm with Zen, depending on what movie we're watching, now once we start it, I'm just have to turn her and be like, muting privileges, please. And she hands me the remote so I can mute it if I know that it's going to be a bit much. <laughs> Which this one is, because when people turn, they they do the whole bone crackly thing. Crack. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jason. <laughs> I muted a lot of this show because there is, it. there's just blood everywhere on on the building on the people at all times <laughs> it's just so much oh my goodness but it was great i really loved it and i'm hoping it gets a season two i'm sure it will like i hope so but i'm sure it will i feel like netflix won't advertise it properly no of course not but it'll it'll be a season two i think i think it just happened to pop up on my netflix queue i was surprised but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna finish it like i i'm i'm invested in it a little bit so I think just the novelty of seeing people who kind of look like me is just really... That's powerful. Again, Oof. people need to see themselves oh, in, man. in media. It was like, so exciting. Like, yeah, to stay... I feel like in this world, to stay engaged in these things, to like want to see more things, you gotta see yourself sometimes. And so. usually, like, if an Asian person pops up, there'll be one. They don't do much. <laughs> and... um they're not necessarily Korean. They might be like Chinese or something. Mm-hmm. So to get something that I like in a genre that I like with people who look like me, oh, I mean, I wish I looked more like them. Um, but like it was, I didn't expect to be that excited about it. And That's I was cool. thrilled. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've got not much else really worth talking about. Um, yeah. That, that's, that's, that's all I'm willing to talk about for right now. <laughs> okay. Let me say. Um, but no, I, I feel like I had I got a good amount in, in this in this year. Um, with a good amount of time to watch things sometimes. Um, 
I'm sad that the, you know the more things didn't come to like streaming yeah. that were slated for you know theaters. Um, I totally get uh, companies wanting to hold on to their their media. Totes. Um, but yeah, there. This was a year full of interesting content. What was your favorite? Did you have a favorite thing of 2020 that you watched? A favorite thing of 2020 that I watched. There, there are quite a few things that I was just really surprised by. Things that I really liked. Hmm. Um, I really enjoy the Last Dance. Um, I'm not a big sports person, but like mm-hmm. that's more than sports. That that now melts into pop culture. We're talking about like totally. the Bulls in the 90s, totally. like and just like excellent filmmaking. And yeah, like really good filmmaking. Um, geez, what else did I really enjoy of? last year um gosh there were experiences where i was glad i was able to share it with people yeah like I was, i'm glad i was able to show my sister like doctor sleep like um granted that was like, my favorite thing like 2019 but like i'm, I'm glad but that other people you preached the gospel of doctor sleep <laughs> and i drank that kool-aid and mixed those metaphors <laughs> and i really enjoyed it too i'm glad uh, you brought it up yeah um and other things that i saw that i really enjoyed um gosh there was something that came in the summertime where i was like this is i like things like ready or not i thought that was a lot of fun um the number one grossing movie of the year son of the hedgehog <laughs> uh, sorry number two bad voice for life was number one um, was it really yeah no one talks about that yeah. it is number one by the, by an order of magnitude like it beat out tenet <laughs> like that's amazing but people just don't realize it because it's a it was an off year yeah. it made like Four hundred something thousand dollars at the box office. Four hundred million. Sorry, four hundred million. <laughs> Will, I'm sorry. All Will right. is coming. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Um, speaking of Will Smith, like Fresh Prince reunion was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, there there are things and pieces all over the place that I really enjoy. There are things and pieces things that I didn't enjoy. Mm. Lovecraft Country. Um, <laughs> coming for you. <laughs> but um. But there were things that I didn't think I'd ever get wrapped up in, like the Nexium story. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> like that I just fell down that rabbit hole of. Um, yeah, there there were things all over the place that I, I got to experience for the first time, or got to re-experience in, like a different light and context. Um, so yeah, it, it was it was an interesting year for watching things. Great. How about yourself? Ted Lasso, I think, was my favorite thing. Mm. It also came at a great time, but it's just so funny and uplifting and it's just kind of a little thing that i i don't know i I think it was more popular than anybody expected i think more people watched it even though it was just like this random show Mm -hmm. um but i was just so charmed by it i think it's it's really charming the pants off of a lot of people yeah um i think anyone who sees it really loves it maybe not a ton of people saw it but the people who did were like that was fucking great like it's yeah. yeah I if it were on a platform like you know NBC or something or, like that yeah or HBO yeah that would have been nice more people would see it and you can tell NBC is moving in a different direction as far as what they think people want to watch <laughs> like this is a character that started on your channel for yeah. like as advertising like you know the British Premier League on like NBC mm-hmm. and you didn't pick it up for a show you just let it slide I mean it might have been for the better um because they got more money from apple and mm. had more freedom to do stuff they um, actually filmed in england they did well i'm sure yeah nbc wouldn't go for that yeah no <laughs> it would have been <laughs> horrible just been they talk i was watching interviews with them 
um, and been like, yeah, if it wasn't for Apple, like doing this stuff in front of a green screen, like that would have been horrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Ted Lasso and um, I think Sweet Home. I was just so kind of blown away by it. Mm-hmm. Those are my two faves. And Casino Royale that I rewatched for the first time in ages and was like, oh, this is great. For me, the only part of Casino Royale I need to see is literally the first uh, 15 minutes because that's when the song plays and I could be out. Oh, my God. You <laughs> the graphics are cool. There's a lot of cards. <laughs> a lot of spades being thrown. Yes. All right. It's taking people's chests. <laughs> oh, God. Like, show me that animated movie. All right. You're Card killer. Hilarious. <laughs> like Skyfall by Adele, yeah, sure is nice. What? It's <laughs> amazing. I had to hear that song every day for like two years. Oh, that's tough. For a job that I worked at. No, no. <laughs> and I don't, again, I don't hate the song, but it's like, if I had to listen to one song all day, it would not be that. Mm-mm. No. Chris, get in here. <laughs> Do the thing, man. Do it. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> The Quantum of Solace song was horrifying. That was Alicia Keys and Jack White. Oh, it's so bad, Jason. Yeah. Is it Alicia Keys, really? I think so. I know it's Jack White. I just, as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, this is horrible. Like, you two are good musicians and songwriters, but this is not a good combination. What happened? (laughs) It was so, and like, I usually don't have that opinions on music very much at all. Mm Mm-hmm. Let alone strong ones. I had a strong, like, visceral reaction of, like, no, no, no. Like, it was not good. Oh, thank God for Adele coming in. Well, like, look, Chris put down a solid road for you. Why did you do this? Why did you disrespect his work like that? He's the real victim here. It lived on MP3 players and my phone four years oh. up until this october when i switched phones jason All right. i have it on my phone <laughs> i don't don't get me wrong i didn't dislike it i just didn't have the loyal following that you feel for it like i imagine had he still lived r.i.p chris cornell but if he had like a concert or something like that i would go like is he gonna play it is he gonna he's gonna play it right like i'm only he, here for that song. he must have at his concert right i'd but, assume so i hope so I'll go on YouTube and find out later. It's okay. (laughs) That is my favorite discovery of this podcast so far. It's your love for You Know My Name by Chris Cornell. (laughs) You idiot. (laughs) So good. That's amazing. That's Uh, the best. I found it at karaoke one time. I did sing in front of people. What? It's so good. (laughs) What? Uh, It's such an excellent thing. Oh, well, uh, I know what I'm changing your ringtone to if you ever call me. (laughs) Amazing. (sighs) This has made my day, Jason. Oh, God, this is the best. Um, thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. Welcome to a new year. Happy new year. Mm-hmm. So far going real good. Yeah. Real smooth. No bad things happened. Not at all. Um, oh, you know what? I didn't post photos from our last episode. I'll put those up on Instagram. 
Um, and one's for this episode. Yeah, Probably just this. shirtless pics of Chris Cornell for Jason. <laughs> <laughs> or just an audio clip of that song. Nah, shirtless clip, shirtless photos. Ah, oh, dang. <laughs> it's not the same. <sighs> but, you can look at it while playing the song. <laughs> but find us at Owendar Podcast on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed yourself. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.